Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in the CIM Marketing Podcast are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the companies they work for. All information and conversation shared during this podcast was correct at the time of recording. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the CIM Marketing Podcast. And today we are joined by a golden great of the show, Morag Kudafer-Jones, who many of you will know is editor of Catalyst Magazine, which is CIM's membership magazine. Morag, how are you today? Exceptionally well, Ben. Yourself? Very well, very well. Enjoying the sunshine, um, enjoying the weather and looking forward to today's show. We also have with us a very special guest in the shape of Mr. Josh Claricote, who is MD and founder of Insider's Studio. Josh, how are you, sir? Very well, thank you. Nice to be here, Ben. Hi, Morag. Um, I'm off to Glastonbury after this call, so um, yeah, very excited about that. We'll try not to keep you too long and head off to Glastonbury in what looks like a glorious weekend for it. I'm very, very jealous indeed. Uh, before Josh goes and parties for four days, we're going to find out a little bit more about what he's got to say about creativity, particularly later on in the show. But before we get there, we're going to start with you, Morag, to tell us a little bit about what we can expect as CIM members in the latest Super Soraway edition of Catalyst magazine, which is out, I believe, in a few days time. Is that right? Sounds about right. Uh, super sore away. Well, let's try and keep it a bit grounded so it doesn't all fly off. Um, I don't want to spoil too much. So let's put it in three ways. We've got creative license. We've got small is beautiful. And finally, we have the rise of the machines. So make of that what you will, Ben. What, what does that say to you? Creativity bit, I, I love. You know, I love talking about creativity and how it comes about and how we get it and whether we can get it by demanding it or whether it's something that happens innately and accidentally. And I'm sure we're going to hear a little bit more about that from Josh, who's an expert on creativity, a little bit later. The rise of machines sounds truly terrifying. Is this chat GPT with legs or chat GPT with arms and legs or something even worse? Chat GPT with arms, legs and the power. Um, oh, yes, yes, you've got it. We're talking about AI. Everyone in the world is talking about AI. And yeah. um, I had a really interesting, because at the time of recording this is also the Cannes Lions Festival. Oh, yeah. So the world and its wife in marketing and advertising is in Cannes. But you didn't um, get an invite. Neither of you two got an invite. Oh, you were invited, but just chose not to go. Which is which well, is it? I, I, mean, I chose Glastonbury. Yeah, not 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 Cannes. It was kind of warm <laughs> rosé in a field or cold rosé on a yacht, and I I chose the field. You chose the warm <laughs> rosé in the field. Very wise, very wise. And you, Morag? Uh, well, naturally, of course, I was I was beating them off all those invitations. But I felt note the podcast recording is now can't possibly you know that dodgy French Wi-Fi. Yeah got to be here uh no I, I have actually done some reporting on can remotely and i have right. been to can i've been to pierre yeah. cardin's bubble house and right. that was enough <laughs> but uh yes yeah, so can and there was an interesting comment made about can that yes you can't move for talking about ai in can yeah. but at least it's not the metaverse which is what everyone was talking about last year in can apparently and we all know how well that's gone so the general impression is that yes ai is being talked about a lot but that's because it's around a lot at the moment. And the sense that it isn't another metaverse, 
it isn't another bubble, it isn't another hammer in search of a nail. So it does look like it's got legs. Hopefully it won't have too much power. Hopefully that stays with us, but it's going to be interesting. You actually used AI, didn't you? In a very important and visible way in your magazine. Is I that might what? have done. <laughs> you didn't get it to write the article, did you? Well. I do. <laughs> I may, as uh, you may find that as an editor and a fan of the written word that's come from the human brain, I did somewhat push back and say, maybe we won't have that article written by ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah. But you did use AI for something almost as significant as writing the article, didn't you? We did. So you will find that we have a very beautiful, as we always do, a very beautiful cover to this edition that was conceived of by our exceptional art director, Kate Harkas. Um, but it wasn't drawn in inverted commas by her or pulled together by resources that she has. And this is actually an interesting concept for me because it's one thing I want to chat about. And so Kate did this not through ChatGPT, but through Midjourney. Midjourney, which is the specialist generative AI for creating images. And it came up with some fantastic things. And it showed me the absolute difference between being a creative professional and a cack-handed amateur. <laughs> you can imagine who the cack-handed amateur was, can't you? It was me. Because I tried to start with, I tried giving it various prompts. I was trying to think of how you represent advertising and get Midjourney to give us some kind of AI-created advertising cover. So me and my innocence, I asked it to do, could you make a vacuum cleaner ad in the style of Andy Warhol that looks like it's been created by Saatchi and Saatchi? <laughs> and it came right. up with absolute nonsense. And you, 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 you got a sort of garbage in, garbage out response. It doesn't sound totally like garbage in, by the way. It sounds reasonably rational, what you're asking it to do. But you're saying well, that what came out of the mix was totally unusable. Well, so what it was, was it was rational. Yeah. It just wasn't very original. Uh -huh. You know, what it came up with, I'm sure by saying those three things, a vacuum cleaner in the style of Andy Warhol with a Saatchi and Saatchi type gloss, a lot of people can imagine what that might be. But as an original piece of creative, it wasn't very interesting. Yeah. But what it took was Kate's inspiration and her way of prompting, and it took her a few goes as well, to get something that was really original. For the cover and when you see it i think you'll you'll know what we mean about something that's really original I, I did get a sneak preview from kate before this show actually i think it's a fantastic piece of work and a great cover but she did i don't think she'll mind me saying this actually hopefully you won't mind me saying she said it took her longer to brief the bot than it would had she drawn or uh, done the montage herself in her usual way so what came out was fantastic but the art was in the briefing of it and that briefing took a long time and a lot of thinking that's absolutely it, Ben. That's the, that, I think, is the core point of anything that we want to get out of generative AI, whether it's words or pictures. All that 80% preparation, 20% perspiration. You have to be incredibly adept at creating those briefs. And do you know what? I think this is completely what creativity and what the creative industries are all about. Your ability to draw, it's interesting, my son does... Uh, graphic design GCSE and if I ask him to draw something it is literally the stick man you know with a he's 15 can't draw for sugar but actually using the resources 
it's your inventiveness and your ability to explain to people what you want and the concept and to bring it together and what it's for makes a huge difference to the output. And this is nothing to do now with generative AI. This is to do with the whole of how marketers get concepts and strategies across and communications and things like that. It's quite an optimistic message, isn't it? Because it, it is a tool. So in the same way that a hammer and saw didn't destroy the role of a workman or a tradesman or a tradeswoman, you're suggesting this won't destroy the role of a marketer and creative professionals because how you use that tool, how you brief that tool, how you operate that tool is in where the skill lies, where the creativity lies. Absolutely. And I think, you you know, it's very nascent at the moment. It isn't perfect. ChatGPT has this terrible habit of hallucinating. It's what they call hallucinating, which is actually making stuff up. Um, yeah. It's decided that I'm a head writer for The Independent and Evening Standard, two organs yeah. I have never written for in my life. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I put mine into it. I think everyone's done this, haven't they, by now? I put mine into it and it told it, it said that I launched the Times as fantasy football game, which I don't know if you remember in the 1990s. It was a massive hit. Well, I've A, never worked at the Times. I wish I had, but I haven't. And B, I've never actually played fantasy football. So where it got this fable from, I have absolutely no idea. It was complete nonsense. So, yes, there is a, yeah. a, an issue with accuracy. I think it's the new Google, isn't it? Like, Google yourself and see what comes yeah. up on ChatGPT and see what comes up. But I think I think the reason that it does that is because it's, it's kind of predicting what the next word's going to be. It's not necessarily finding the resources it's kind of thinking what's going to be the next word what's the most logical next word so uh, yeah I'm not surprised it makes quite a lot of mistakes but it, it is dangerous when people take it verbatim and what it's churning out is is actually real because there's a lot of misinformation that can be created from it certainly needs lots one or more human handlers uh, at, at the moment to use it whether it whether it will get more accurate over time we'll see but at the moment the accuracy is an issue but nevertheless these tools are quite exciting and interesting if used in the right way and you you're sort of putting this out aren't you to the CIM membership for them to do something uh, different with AI themselves isn't there Morag? Exactly come and have a go Come and have a go if you're chat GPT enough or <laughs> mid-journey enough. So we've put out, I believe, some explanation as to how to get onto mid-journey and how to use it. I believe it is free to use or there's a minimal subscription if you want to get to use it quite speedily. But it is free at the point of entry. And have a play around with it and see if you can create, go on, see if you, see if you can make a better Catalyst cover for us. Well, there is an absolutely great challenge. I'm expecting you, Josh, to enter, by the way. I'll see what you, you well, yourself come up with. What's the prize? And then, yeah, I'll... I'll... <laughs> Probably, I, I want to say the glory of it, the honour. There may be, okay. it, may be it, there may be a further prize, but the main one is the glory and the honour. And I'm sure that in, inside the studio, you you will want to have that on your uh, on your brass plate outside the door. Yeah. As as a, someone who's an expert in creativity and perhaps who's starting to use these AI tools. How are you finding it? How are you finding the shift? I so I use AI quite quite a bit already, actually. Yeah. Um, we we recently won a pitch where quite a few of the key visuals in there were were made using Mid Journey. Um, without revealing too much, one of the images that we wanted to create was a a police raid in a shipping yard. Uh, British police. Uh, raiding uh, shipping yards to reveal um, big pots of guacamole. 
um, which is quite a random thing. There's probably not many, if any, photographs of that. And, and what it what it turned out was was excellent. It, it looked kind of real, apart from the guacamole looked a bit dodgy, and I, I probably wouldn't have wanted to eat it. Um, but the client was really impressed because it got that kind of vision and image that we wanted uh, and portrayed it really easily. I think what more I was touching on is it is about what you feed into it and um, tweaking that and asking the right questions. But I also think it's great for intricate stuff and, and wacky ideas that might not exist in a visual world. But when it becomes more simplistic design things, for example, you're a designer branding studio and you want to create a new logo or brand identity, I think it would actually be quite a lot harder to do that with mid-journey. I see it as more of a, okay, unrealistic, weird images that don't exist, but this more simplistic stuff where um, a really good eye and, and having that attached in your brain, the idea of what you want to see, it, it, I don't think it can replace that yet, but who knows, maybe in a couple of years, there'll be something you can clip into your brain and it can just read your mind. But until we get to that, I think, I think we're, I think we're okay. Um, uh, one thing I would say is this might scare a few people. I, I was speaking to a friend the other day who is a creative director and he, he just started a new job and the agents were like, oh, we've got to write this uh, TV ad for a new client we've won. And we're not happy with anything we've got so far. He's not even a writer. He's an art director, by the way. And he's like, oh, I'll give it a go. And he had this kind of inkling of an idea. And he fed it into to chat GTP. It's like, write me a 30-second TV ad about blah, blah, blah. I won't give too much away because I'll, I'll get him in trouble. And what it came back with was really good. He made a few tweaks. And then he read it to the agency. And people were tearing up in the room because oh. it was so emotive, so powerful. But the key thing is there, he had to feed chat the original idea there was still an idea there it wouldn't have like done that unless he had what he wanted it to put out so look I, I think I was a big skeptic of four day weeks like how, how are we gonna do four day weeks because I've, I've never seen to be able to fit enough in in five days but perhaps what it might do is help us as humans have a better work-life balance because it will speed things up and make things easier but I don't think it's going to replace us altogether. I think it's really interesting what you said about the four day week, because one of the important things about creativity and while I wouldn't call myself a creative, I write and I try and figure out problems and I write long articles and short articles. A lot of the best thinking is done out walking the dog, taking the kids to swimming, swimming myself. And there are times when I'm not at my desk and if I'm chained to my desk, I think my thinking is less powerful. Now, if we have something, a tool that can take away some of the necessity of being at your desk, whether that's an AI personal assistant who just does all the admin and scheduling that you'd normally have to do, or whether they do the, you know, the invoicing or even sorting out meetings or re they can read through emails and give suggestions to people, things that you wouldn't have to put a great deal of thought into, but the machinations you need to go through. That's where you find your four day week and even though you're still perhaps working on that fifth day, it's chuntering through your head while you're in the river or in Glastonbury. Or at Glastonbury. I was about to say at Glastonbury. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that, I think that's interesting, isn't it? If you if you take a bit more of the donkey work out and leave more room for ideas, we've always been as marketers in the market for ideas. But these tools potentially in the ways that you've just said, 
Joss, help delivering those ideas into something more concrete, a little bit quicker and easier for us. And presumably that's something that could be quite good for in your line of work when you're working with smaller businesses, with smaller budgets who can't put as much time cost, they can't sign up on as long time sheets as are the bigger corporates. You can deliver those ideas, those great ideas in a shorter time scale if your people know how to use these tools correctly. Yeah, definitely. That's what that's why I just say, like, don't be scared of it. Get get experimenting and using all the, the weird and wonderful AI tools that are out there now. Uh, like you say, uh, kind of my role and, and what we do at Insiders is about helping small, medium sized enterprises access top tier creativity. Yep. Top tier creativity comes at a cost because they're part of big agencies that have overheads and, and things take time. So a big part of that is working with really talented people who can take some of that time out because time equals budget. But also, yeah, exactly. If they can utilize some of these AI tools further to speed things up, then that results in cost savings to clients because that's you know where, where the cost comes from. And just to touch on, on Morag's point before around, yeah, four-day working weeks and having more time to think, exactly. That's one of the things I really struggle with myself is finding that time to to not be listening to something or doing something and actually having the ideas. So I've got a rule now that whenever I go for a run or a cycle, I never listen to music or podcasts or anything because that's my time where I can um, embrace just thinking with my own mind. I guess for me, it's like being more bored often is a, is a, is a, is a good thing. I think bored's a bit of a, a misunderstood word. I think it's good to be bored. You know, yep. when my uh, my mum always used to say, you, you should never be bored. But there's always things that do. And she, she was kind of right. But it's kind of not thinking that boredom is a bad thing, reframing that and thinking, actually, I'm I'm privileged right now to be in something that I'd call a bit boring because I've, I've managed to zone out from everything that's going on in the world and actually be with my mind. And that's where the best ideas come from. It is. It's the curse of busyness, isn't it? You feel you've got yeah. to be busy. You're not active. And you know, I want to try and explain to, I don't know if you have this with clients, I have this with with some of my clients, I edit Catalyst, but I do the odd other thing as well. And when people give you a tight deadline, for example, now there are some things that can be done on tight deadlines. Editing long bits of copy can be done on deadline. Um, interviewing people can be done in a tight deadline. But coming up with the idea and letting it rumble around for a while because your first idea is never always your best idea, is it? You've got to sit there and go, oh, I've had a great idea. Write it down. Think about it and go, oh, no, there's so many flaws in that. But if we switch this for this, that just doesn't happen quickly. And it roots me all the way back to the AI and chat GPT argument as well, which is to say that if you want something to be creative, it needs to have the time. It needs to have the human inspiration, not just because I think humans are better. Obviously, we are but we have our own unique attributes that we bring to it. You, Josh, will bring a different flavor to a concept someone asks you to think of than I will. We'll both draw on our life experiences, our cultural things, things that are just floating around in our head, something that a friend has said to us three days ago. That'll all feed, feed into it, and that's something a machine can't really do. But if you want people to do things too quickly, or you want people to do things because they're always stuck at their desks, you'll get, the same sort of thing that if you have a fairly generic prompt for AI, you'll get the same banal stuff that everyone else is doing because they all want you to do it in two days or three days. So that space for creativity 
and that time for creativity is where you're going to get the uniqueness, whatever tool you use. Soapbox dismounted. When you when you why don't you do those in in a short space of time for your SME clients, small business, small and medium sized businesses, Josh. Obviously, you're going on with your run or your open water swim or you're dancing at Glastonbury or whatever leisure activity you're you're doing. You may have an idea. You then come back into the office on Monday or Tuesday and and say, all right, we need to deliver this using AI or some other some other um, uh, uh, tool or a variety of tools. How do you keep that time cost low while keep while keeping the space for ideas that morang has been talking about? So this this sort of top top level creativity is accessible for smaller businesses and not just the giant businesses of this world yeah um i think part of it is about working with the the best talent out there and and people who can come up with ideas i don't want to say quickly because as more said it's about kind of letting them stew a little bit and 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 kicking them around and making sure where you get to is, is a good place but and that might be the first idea you had but it's important to look at other ideas to make sure that first idea you thought this is genius and when i say i use utilize ai at the moment is more for the kind of image generation that's why i find it particularly useful um chat gpt for me at the moment i haven't i don't use it that much um but yeah i think it comes down to one having really seen well not necessarily senior but talented people working on an interesting business challenge for our 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 clients and having a very linear kind of flat structure where these people are making the decisions themselves i always find it interesting Mm. that this could be slagging off agencies or, or things like that but I find it interesting that agencies have these levels of process and and people that need to the work needs to go through um which inevitably leads to really good work but i also think that it'd be interesting to do an exact like a a test where you have the first idea that you know maybe a junior creative had and then the idea that got finessed when it'd gone through the levels of strategy and ecd and then show that to a client and see what they pick because i often think that they may they might equally just pick that first idea instead of the 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 thing that's been kicked around for three weeks um and creativity a lot of it is in the craft and actually bringing it to life as well um there's been plenty of great ideas that have not resulted in good campaigns and effective results because they haven't been brought to life in the right way and then there's probably been some really kind of you know all right ideas that aren't you know setting the world alive but then they've been brought to life in a really interesting way so for me it's about uh, picking the moments and not kicking things around for too long it's about kind of being tactical in, in how you how you work and and yeah like kicking it around for long enough to improve it but not kicking it around so much that you're not improving it at all and you're just wasting time and it's about finding that balance it's an interesting point you make about the hierarchy premium if we can call it that is that you know i've worked in agencies that are flat i've worked in uh, businesses, not so much agencies, which are more more hierarchical, more of a triangle in structure. And absolutely, the flat ones deliver quicker, and they probably deliver e- equal quality overall, as you allude to, as the ones that are honed and honed and honed within an inch of a life go through several layers. 
that's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it is to go through just one or one and a half layers uh, and deliver a great idea well through executive power for the for the creative. And, and yeah, and, and just like one thing else to touch on, I, I guess. So like that 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 model works for big, huge brands that you know the Unilevers or the AB InBevs because they have the budget for that, and also the brands that they're marketing are probably market leaders or you know getting yeah. over a hell of a lot in terms of. Um, of their, their margin and, and, and turnover um, but when you talk about SMEs often they're the challenger brand they're the ones trying to kind of yeah. take market share and, and or you know invent a completely different category and those brands will usually have a key product difference or a few product differences that are, are different so if you kind of take that as a, an example and be like look that's that's what we need to market here. We don't need to overthink this and think about weird ways that we can put an inventor positioning in a market that doesn't need to, you know, we don't need to do that. We're basically, we're, a, we've got a product and we need to bring that to life in an interesting and creative way. So if, if we all agree on that beforehand, then we can get to some pretty quick decisions and be like, okay, this is an agreement. We're not selling two beers that t- taste the exact same and trying to invent a positioning in a market that isn't really there. We're selling something that is completely different to anything out there. So it's about bringing that initial product benefit to life in an interesting way. There's examples of that with creative campaigns that, you know, have been noticed for being different, not just because they are big, big, well-established brands. An example that I quite like recently is uh, a brand called Water Bear. So they're a, a kind of Netflix um alternative that have a lot of documentaries and shows around kind of climate change the environment and um i saw an ad that they did recently and it's something along the lines of glue yourself to the tv and help save the planet and it didn't have any branding on it or it had water bear but i'd never heard of water bear beforehand and i read that and i was like that's interesting i don't know what this brand is but it made me get my phone out and google what water bear was and then course I knew what it was and I was like this is quite interesting and I think it's a great example of um, even a brand that's got relatively low brand awareness you don't have to explain exactly what you do in an out of home poster Um, and I think that's a a lesson for a lot of brands that are the small medium enterprises thinking around interesting ways to um, engage people and and create some kind of intrigue i think intrigue's the the key word there intrigue more ags that's the key to creativity is that right it it really is i feel that often we don't give consumers credit for curiosity so we try and spoon feed them everything the amount of time i've been told oh well you've got to get this facet of the product in and this facet of the product and how we want them to enjoy it and this is the sort of feeling they're going to get from it and so well but if they don't want all those feelings and they don't want this, why don't you let them just discover things? And simplicity is often the best option. But Josh, I've got a a question for you about small enterprises. So in terms of getting the most out of creativity, do you find that small enterprises, it helps when they have a passion and when they have a single product because they can be quite sort of single-minded about it and they know where they want it to go. But when briefing creativity and when looking for a creative solution to something, do they put in enough work beforehand to know where they want to be with this 
the strategy behind it, the thinking behind it? Or are they asking when they go to you or someone like you for creative solutions for you to handhold their way through it an awful lot more, which I imagine then takes more time and is more consultative and can be more expensive than having a really defined idea and saying, okay, we're the experts in our product. You're the expert in creativity. This is where we want to get to. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think that a lot of small, medium enterprises, particularly ones that have come about you know, in the last five, 10 years, like I said, have lots of different uh, product benefits that they can bring to life. And I think one of the main ch um, uh, challenges that we face is that they've got a few different product benefits and they're not quite sure which ones to talk about and which ones are the most important and is going to resonate the most with the client. So a lot of the work we do is a kind of a strategy sprint process and trying to get them to really define what they think is, is the most important to their consumers. And then once we've agreed on that, it makes the, the creative process quicker because we're all in agreement on that and we're not trying to communicate too many different messages. Really, you want to keep it brutally simple and, and communicate one clear message um, because, again, we don't have the, the spend for, for media to communicate loads of different messages, you know, so, so we, have to, we have to be focused and we have to, um, yeah, be, be really kind of clear on what, what we're trying to get across. If people want to maintain their creativity or even enhance their creativity this year and beyond, what are your three top tips? What are your three watchwords, if you like, for doing so? I'm inferring that clarity is one of them. Be clear about what you want to be creative with. Yeah, get get that clarity and don't assume that you know what that clarity is as a, as a business owner or marketing director of a small, medium enterprise. It's great to get external opinion on that. Um, I think obviously we all live in this microcosm of working in agencies and marketing and, and LinkedIn and seeing what's on there and that's cool and we should be doing that. Um, so yeah, get get clarity, but also make sure you have ideas and what that clarity is from external people. I think we touched on it before, but embrace boredom as an individual. Yeah. Try and be a bit more bored and, and set aside half a day to to think around things with any without any external influences or, or distractions. You know, maybe we could reframe uh, Friday afternoons as like thinking time. Everyone just switch off. Don't have any digital things. Go for a run. Go for a walk. Try and you know, and, and percolate and, and think about the the, the ideas. Um, I think being interested in general and and just taking in as much stuff as well, like but beyond things that you're necessarily in, think you're interested in yourself. I'm watching a show at the moment on on. Uh, Apple TV called Drops of God. I don't know if you you watched it. It's um, essentially quick synopsis is it's about uh, a master sommelier who has one of the rarest wine collections in the world, and he dies and he leaves in his will to his estranged daughter, but also to his kind of protege, and they have to compete it out to win his master wine collection. Um, it's it's based on a kind of Japanese manga uh, comic. But basically one of the premises of the film is master sommeliers, they just go around smelling everything, like literally everything, like freshly opened like tennis ball smell or kind of box fresh trainers to lavender. And, you know, for them to be the best at their job, they're, they're just going around smelling everything. So I think as a creative person, somebody working marketing, take 
take a hint from being a, a sommelier and just you know take in as much stuff as you possibly can and I think one of the, the final things that I always try and do is be a bit of a, a yes and the person never poo-poo an idea straight away even if you think it's not there always be like yes and, and and make sure you can get people to to keep exploring something because yeah ruling things out straight away is is the enemy of great creativity um and I think look agencies are guilty of that because they often think oh a client you know they're not they're not they're not creative like us but I'm always like no, you know what let's listen to this because this could go somewhere interesting like our clients know the business better than we ever will yes we're, we're fine-tuned and coming up with brilliant ideas and, and things but often the best ideas come from from internally great creative synopsis about being creative be clear bored interested and say yes and not yes but josh will feature in the next issue of catalyst which will be with our members uh, in the next few days he is one of the great contributors you can find in the magazine there are more morag in the 30 seconds or so we've got left morag who else can we find in there that we should be looking out for well we can find the ceo of the fifa women's world cup He's going to talk about uh, the opportunities for marketers and for sport in that upcoming Australia-New Zealand doubleheader, doublehander, is that what they call it? And then we have the billion-dollar marketer, which will probably upset the marketer themselves, given that's probably not referring to their salary, but in fact to the amount that they help their company sell itself for. That's Kelly Del Khatib, who is our profile in this issue. We also have some brilliant stories. As I said, we focused a little bit on SMEs this edition and some brilliant stories from some really innovative entrepreneurs who found really interesting gaps in the market from Africa and from Pakistan and it's just going to be really interesting to see if that inspires our readers to look for the angles look for the interesting ideas follow roads less well traveled um and yeah rise up use AI use creativity use whatever the hell you want what a great call to action. It's going to be on your doormat very soon indeed. Pick it up, enjoy it. It's always a great read. Thank you, Morag for Joan, editor of that great magazine, Catalyst. And thank you, Josh Clarico. Some really great insights on how to be creative in an AI world, using the right tools, but also using the, the biggest and most important tool of all, which is our own brains as marketers. Thank you, sir, for coming on. And I hope you'll join us again on a show very soon. It's been great having you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, guys. Catalyst Magazine is your quarterly dose of the latest marketing knowledge from across the profession. Exclusively for CIO members, each feature explores new thinking and delivers insightful content across a range of topics. Sign into MyCIM or start your membership today to catch up on the latest edition. CIM Marketing Podcast.